Welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. Will family farms return? What will the reign and rule of Jesus do for us and our planet? Will Jesus bring permanent peace and restore all things good? Let's find out. Now here's your host, Elbert Hardy. Well, greetings, friends around the world interested in prophecy. Will the plowman overtake the reaper? That's the scripture. Where is it found? That would be Amos chapter 9, verse 13, which in the King James says the following, Behold, the days shall come, says the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes him that sows seed. And the mountains shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt. Huh, what's all that about? What does that mean? Why would the plowman overtake the reaper? Well, the way I understand it, and and this is subject to change as my understanding develops and grows, the mountains will drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt, in other words, with it, with wine. All the land will be productive on the earth. That's what I see in this verse. Not that I'm a great seer or anything like that. I'm just taking God's word at face value. Amos 9.13 Now, what does it say in context? Well, the plowman is going to overtake the reaper. I remember in my days of farming with my grandfather and father that the second we had gathered in the crop, it was time to till everything under so that it could fallow or um, rot away and become fertilizer for the soil for the following spring. And so we would plow it under and let it just sit there after we disked it and uh, so forth. So it's time to get it ready. And so the earth will be very productive. But let's see what it says in context. Amos is the last chapter, or Amos 9, I'm sorry, is the last chapter of uh, the book of Amos. It is found in the Old Testament, which I heartily recommend you read. It's just before Obadiah and just after Joel. Joel, Amos, Obadiah. Well, it says, uh, let's see, let's go down to uh, verse 8. Behold, the eyes of the Lord are upon the sinful kingdom, and I will destroy it from off the face of the earth, saving that I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, says the Lord. Hmm... Verse 9, For lo, I will command, and I will sift the house of Israel among the nations like 
as corn is sifted in a sieve, and yet it shall not the least grain fall upon the earth. All the sinners of my people shall die by the sword, which say the evil shall not overtake us. Verse 11, In that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen, and close up the breaches thereof. And I will raise up his ruins, and I will build it as it was in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom, Hmm, Edom. And all the heathen nations which are called by my name, says the Lord that does this. Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes him that sows seed. The mountain shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall be melted with it. And I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel, and they shall build the waste places and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof. They shall also make gardens and eat the fruit of them. Shall family farms return? Yep, this is where it predicts it. And I will plant them upon their land, and they will no more be pulled out of the land which I have given them, says the Lord your God. He signs off on it right there. Wow. Now that, to me, is the gospel. That's the good news. We have a Savior that is coming to save the earth alive. Wow. It's not just about forgiveness of my personal sins. As great as that is, there's a whole lot more to the story. So we need to open our Bibles and read the wonderful things that are there. So just what exactly is the kingdom of God and the reign of Christ? What will that really be like? And what does a king do anyway? Okay, imagine if you were Jesus, you were God, and you wanted to reign and rule the world in love because you laid down your life for them that they might have access to permanent life, not just the temporary one we live here and now today. Well, how would you rule if you were him? Well, the way I see it, kings do the following things, and I've got a long list of them here, and it's not even a comprehensive list. Number one, he's a communicator. He speaks to the public, and he does it often. Will he use Twitter and Facebook and social media? I would say that probably is one of the things that will be restored. But uh, anyway, he will also settle disputes. He will answer tough questions. He will make hard decisions. He will direct court. He oversees all government offices. He will be the one to grant grace and clemency and take justice 
on those who require it. Now, what do I mean by all that? Well, it's like this. Remember what Jesus said in Luke 12:42 and onwards. It's talking about the faithful and wise steward. And Jesus said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom, when his Lord comes, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, he will make him ruler over all that he has. But, and if that servant says in his heart, my Lord delays his coming, so I'm going to beat the men's servants and maidens and eat and drink and be drunk. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he doesn't look for him and at an hour when he is not aware and will cut him asunder and will appoint him his portion to the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his Lord's will but didn't prepare himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten, but with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they shall ask the more. Unquote. Jesus will not imprison people so much as he will beat them and then send them back home. And the way I understand this is that um, this is remedial. Imagine that you had stolen something and couldn't pay it back. Would the best thing for him be to give you um, two years in prison? Would that teach you anything? Well, it would teach you to hate Jesus and hate the government and breed more and more trouble. Well, that's not the way Jesus is going to do it. He's going to cause some physical pain and then send the guy back home. And if he does it again, he'll be beaten with more stripes. And eventually, the guy will get the message, I can't do this anymore. So he will make sure, Jesus will make sure that he has a job, that he has a way to get to that job, and that he even likes that job. That's what love does. It doesn't destroy life, it may bruise it for a while, or it may sting it for a little while, and then build it back again. That's what love does. He is no wuss. Jesus will refuse to be bullied, bribed, blackmailed, or manipulated in any way. He also grants grace and clemency, as I mentioned. This is the way I understand it. And I think that's a much finer way to do things. 
can imagine him getting a shower after his uh, beating and a clean set of clothes and maybe some rest and a good meal, good hot meal, and send him home. And that way, he knows that he's cared for. He knows that he's loved. But I'll guarantee you, it wouldn't take very long for a person to realize, look, I don't like that. I don't want to be beaten. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. He teaches, Jesus teaches the way of God in truth. Instead of lies that we hear all the time, he will teach the truth. Thank God we have someone who won't lie. He also gives to those people in need. For example, he'll heal people. The blind will walk. The deaf will hear. The paralyzed shall leap like a heart or a, a deer. He gives sight to those blind people. He visits and comforts and even resurrects the dead. Now that is a God worthy of worship. But wait, there's more. He forgives sins. He does good every day in every way. He knows what goes on all around the world. And he will have sub-kings under him like maybe even you and me, who have lived already a human life. We know what it's like to feel pain and suffering and loss. But we also know the good things in life of relationships and children and wives and husbands and good living, family, get-togethers, dinners, etc., he does good wherever he goes. He makes society hum with harmony. He brings peace and he teaches it. Now, what is the way to peace? The way to peace is for you to love your neighbor as yourself and your neighbor to love you as himself. It takes two to make peace. One can't love his neighbor and the other one hate his neighbor and there be peace won't work it takes two and both of them must follow that golden rule do unto others as you would have them do to you that's what makes for peace and he'll teach that to people we don't hear about that much anymore it's too bad we need a king that does those things a king like Jesus will make people glad and happy and joyful, and he'll even sing to them. Look it up. It's in Zechariah. Or no, no, it's in Zephaniah. Zephaniah 3, verse 17, King James. The Lord your God in the midst of you is mighty. He will save he will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over you with singing. 
maybe you never heard that before, but that's very interesting to me, that God himself would honor us by singing his love and joy towards us, to us. Wow, that's pretty cool. So God is not only powerful and good, he's cool. He does really cool things. He will heal all sicknesses, as I mentioned, restore hearing and clothe the naked and feed the hungry, give water to the thirsty. How many thirsty people, how many people die of thirst? Thousands and thousands. How many die of hunger? Probably hundreds of thousands of people every year. As God, he will grant permanent life to people in his timing, not in mine, in his timing. He will build grandeur and joy. It says that his rest will be glorious. Wow. He protects society and life. He cuts to the chase, and he knows how to get things done. He knows what's going on in every part of his kingdom, which will eventually cover the whole earth. Let's see an example of that in Scripture, maybe. Listen to Revelation 5, verses 9 and 10, for example. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For you were slain, and you have redeemed us to God through your blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Verse 10, And have made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Unquote. He's talking about all nations. He is going to be the one who rules and reigns. Can you combine those two into one word? Reigns, rules, and reigns? No, but his kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom right here on good old planet Earth. It's not like we're going to evaporate into the clouds and join him in heaven to do nothing forever in heaven all the time to come. No, 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 no. Well, he will make music and song. There will be dancing in the streets. There's a video I love. It's by ELO. It's called All Around the World. And there's people in every country dancing all over the world. I love it. That is one, actually there's there's more than one of them, terrific video. It really is great. But it reminds me so much of this, is what would happen if we knew that there was not going to be another war ever, that there would be no more famine, there would be no more thirst, no more war, 
all the ep, uh, uh, the uh, implements of war were now melted down and they became tractors and plows and gardening tools. Can you imagine that? What a world, what a great world it will be with Jesus here who rules in love. Nobody's going to abuse anybody. Nobody's going to take advantage of someone else. Nobody's going to rape the land and destroy it with Roundup or some other kind of chemical. No, 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 no. No more genetically modified anything. No more Roundup-ready crops. No more, quote-unquote, clean fields that have nothing in them but soybeans or wheat or something. No, that's not the way to do things. Family farming, organic farming, organic food that's healthy. That will be the rule of the day. That's the way Jesus is. He rules in love. Is it loving to genetically modify something so that when the wind blows and pollinates your neighbor's field, it now becomes your field because it's got your genes that blew over from your fields in it? And that way they can take over the world with their uh, power to do that? No, that's not ruling in love. So you can safely and easily rule out anything that's not organic, that's not healthy, that's pharmaceutical, for example. Did you know, by the way, that um, there's a word actually in Revelation, I believe it's in... uh, Revelation 9, verse 21. I'm just going to look that up and read it. Uh, Let's see. 9, verse 21. Neither repented they... Let's back up to uh, verse 20. The rest of the men, which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not. And of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils, idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. Neither did they repent of their murders, nor of their sorceries, note that word, sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. The Greek word for sorceries is, and get this, pharmakia. Pharma, you mean big pharma, medications, drugs, is mentioned in the Bible. Right there it is. That's where our word for pharmaceuticals or pharmacies comes from. Sorceries. Tricks. A lot of them, quite honestly, do not do any good at all. They do not show love for people. And they don't work. They just simply don't work. They rob people of their money, and they don't work. They want you to be sick. They don't want you to be well. They don't want to heal. They want you to stay 
chronically sick. That way they can get big bucks out of your insurance company or your pocket because of their greed. No more of this. This will not fly when Jesus is here. And lastly, I wrote, he teaches vision for their future. He said in Isaiah chapter 51, verse 16, I have covered you with the shadow of my hand that I might plant the heavens and say to Zion, You are my people. <laughs> wow. That's quite a statement. He, plant the heavens? He's going to plant the heavens? God has a great future for you and for me, and that's so wonderful and awesome. But it involves the stars, the planets, all that's out there. So Jesus will give vision for what's coming down the pike for all of us. We don't get much of that from the pulpit today. We don't get it from television. We never hear much about the purpose of living. I mean, when was the last time you heard anything about it? Um, probably never. You sure don't get it out of television. Ugh. Well, anyway... I think that's enough for this session. You do have a grand and great future. Jesus will come and restore all things good. We'll talk more about this next time. My plan is to talk about the government of God, the truth. Can we hear it from the pulpit? The New World Order. What's that going to be about? Or what is it about? And what will it be when Jesus is ruling and reigning? What will the new world order look like then? I invite you to go to my website, itellwhy.com. That's the letter I, then T-E-L-L-W-H-Y.com. There you can read my eight books. I have nothing to sell there. Nothing. There's no advertisements. It's all an act of love for you and yours. Tell everybody you can about it. These things are free. You can even download them. There's PDF files. You can print the whole thing. You want to know what truth is? These are Bible studies straight out of the Word of God. And some of them are lengthy, like my entire Life of Christ series, which I've recorded in audio form. You can play right there from the website, itellwhy.com. Check it out. Give me some feedback, if you would. You can email me at jesusiswhy.com at gmail.com that's Jesus is y w h y at gmail.com well I'll catch up to you next time thanks for listening